Welcome to Folks Alert. Uh, my guest today is Kamal Daniels. He is a resident of Las Vegas. Um, saw an interesting piece on the news. Um, I guess he worked for a mortuary, did a few TikTok videos, and it got, you know, uh, went viral. Uh, got a lot of followers in regards to that because people were interested in what he was doing on TikTok. And um, he subsequently lost his job. So I asked him to come on here today so we could talk about it. Kamal, listen, I, I appreciate you taking the time to come in and chat with me, man. How, how are you? I'm doing well, you? I, I, am, I am not doing bad myself. I am alive. <laughs> I feel you on that. <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm alive, man. Listen, I, I saw this news piece, dog, and I, I was like, wow. It was interesting. I was like, wait a minute. Is this a black guy working in a mortuary? It's not what I would expect. Right. So, so let me ask you this before we get to the whole TikTok thing, right? You live in Las Vegas, right? Sin City, baby. Okay. Sin City, working at a mortuary. Now, talk to me about you getting this job. What, what, what made you decide to go get a job at a, a of all places, a mortuary? What, what were you thinking? Well, so um, my first job uh, mentioned. The transport job was just a second job. Um, okay. It was like a part-time on-call job. Um, and I've been in the medical field. I am a caregiver slash um, hospice for Alzheimer's and dementia. And I've been with this company right here for about five years. And some of the patients and stuff like that have passed. And um, I think I've seen like on my third body that we had to call the funeral home to come pick up the body. Gotcha. Uh, and came in to come and pick up the body and I was like, hey, bro, um, how does a person like myself get into this field? He was like, can you be around bodies? <clears throat> and um, I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay, cool, because there's not a lot of people that are actually interested in, in this type of field. And I was very interested in it and he was like, okay, cool, here here's my boss's number, call him on this day. And then right. I called him and the boss was like, yo, that's super, super crazy. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. All right, deal. I'm down. Okay. So it wasn't really, it was basically a referral. And since you were already working in the middle, Phil, you, you just got the job. So it wasn't. Yes, it, so, no, no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you go through like an interview process? Um, what's your definition of interview? <laughs> because he even said that the way that I came off you was like, that's very interesting. Um, there are not a lot of people that would actually be interested in this field. We talked probably for about like 10 or 15 minutes. Once I went to his place and we, uh, chat, um, and he was hurting for people too as well. Cause people were we're quitting and stuff like that. And okay. Okay. It really wasn't like a interview. Okay. Well, he kind of did like an interview where he spoke to you, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. All you right. can say that. Now, when you when you got this job, when he says, "Okay, you're hired," right? Uh there is documents that you fill out, you know, your 
your taxes, your, um, I right. guess they give you an employee handbook. Did they give you like an employee handbook and give you some documents to sign? Yeah, so um, it was a policy book. Um, it pretty much had everything stating like about like if you're tardy, um, there's no such thing as joy riding in the car and stuff like that. Uh, but there were certain policies or certain like agreements that wasn't in the policy that should have been in there, I guess. And that played a big factor in this whole situation. Well, well let's talk about the policy for a second. Now, when you say the joy riding in the car, what kind of car we're talking about? We're talking a well, regular. Well, not really. So he has about four or five uh, Dodge Caravans that he transports. I mean, that he um, converted. He converts, yeah, into okay. like where you can put the gurneys inside of there. All right. Okay. So these are converted vans. Yes. Now, your first day on the job, you got the job, you signed these documents. Yep. And yep. B before I move on, uh, none of these documents had anything to do with social media. It was basically yep. on how you handle and care for the body, right? Yes. So um, the actual day that I got fired, when he actually came to come pick up the van, um, we sat and talked for a few minutes and he was like, um, I really forgot specifically what he said. I really forgot to add that into the policy uh, book. And well, I was shocked. <laughs> no, 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 no. But the policies are the policies while you were working for them. So right. they were how long? Well, how long did you work for them? For this company, I worked for them um, for like a few weeks. Okay, before all this started. No, so I was shooting like the videos in between. Once uh, he gave me like the van, and I started to pick up the body's body myself, then I was just shooting the videos. Okay, but what I want to get to is that when you signed the employee handbook and you got the job, they are specific policies and rules and regulation how you handle the body from right. point a to point b there's been right. no complaints or no discrepancy or any any question that you mishandle the body delivering the body from one location so there's no issue in regards to that none gotcha none. okay now social media is a whole different thing right that's it that has nothing to do with how you're handling the body right. now your first day on the job um, you're moving, you're moving bodies. Yep. Okay. Do you, do you feel like, what, what is that? What is that like? Because it, you're, you're, t I mean, you're taking a, a dead body in a bag, you're putting it on a, on a, on a stretcher and a gurney, and then right. you're dropping it off and putting it in a freezer. But at, did you ever thought about, wait a minute, this was, this is, some this was a person that was walking around three four days ago yes you know, it's, it's just it's just a different i'm just trying to get into your right your, you know just because your hand just assume that you a friend of yours passed away right, right. It, it would play on your psyche a little bit that wow this is time in in this bag you right. know so walk me through that 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 step how, how did that uh, the feeling well for myself, um, I have a strong stomach. Um, I look at the bodies like, oh wow, like that's actually a human being that was once alive. Yeah, yeah. At the end of like the day, um, 
I can still go to sleep, wake up completely fine. Um, I have kids, so I have to put food on like the table and bodies really don't phase me. Really, right. It's a, it's a job that many people don't want to do. So, and you yeah, chose to do that job. I was actually not fascinated by the job, but I was just, I really wasn't phased by it. 80 to 90% of people that actually would do the job are like, oh, wow, dead bodies. Oh, I don't want to touch them. I don't want to do this and this and this. Right. I would just, to me, they're a corpse. Um, spirits are real. That's a whole other subject. That's my spirit, just in like myself, is very, very strong. Mm-hmm. I am a Muslim man, so religion is big on me. And I've never had any spirits come on me while I'm sleeping or trying to mess mess with me. You treat the body with respect. Absolutely. The body won't punch you. Absolutely. Um, and there's one of my videos on my page where I actually say that. And so many people, of course, had their ups and downs about it. But again, you treat the body with respect. The body won't haunt you. But you treat the body with disrespect, then you will see. But I've never been... Until this day, I've still been sleeping well every single day. Um, I've been blessed on a lot of occasions and stuff like that. Um, And I just, I treat each and every one of the bodies like as as if they were my my kin, my uh, family. Gotcha. Now, you're going through this process of moving these bodies. At what point did you say... Let me document this because uh, you decided to start document this. Why, why did you make the decision to document your day-to-day activity? Being honest, because I, if I pick up a body around three o'clock in the morning, um, it's still it's still dark. At the end of like the day, those are still whoa whoa whoa. Dead what, when you say three o'clock, what, like you would go to like a, a the hospital or accident scene and pick up a body. Yes, yeah, so I was, I was with a transport company, but I was on call, so I could pick up a, a body at eight a.m., three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, seven p.m., eight p.m. Uh, it was just like twenty-four-seven. Okay, you get a call at two o'clock in the morning to pick up a body. Yep. Now, when you pick that body up, where do you take that body? So specifically, say I pick up a body at like a person's house. From there, I put the body on the gurney, the gurney inside of the van. Then the van, I go take them to go and start the cremation process. So the cremation process, I go and take the body, go put the body in the cooler. And from no, there- No, 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 but don't, don't they have like a, a medical examiner for the body before it gets to also, So it really depends because when I come there, um, so if the person is hospice, um, I just come and pick up the body. The corners, they don't need to be there because it's already hospice. Um, but now if they're not hospice, then the corners will already have the body or um, or a certain situation may may happen to where the corner will be there and then we can figure that out. Okay, so say for instance someone gets shot, the coroner takes the body and then you, yep. retrie- you retrieve the body from the coroner after they're already done what they have done to the body and examination and so forth. Yeah. So most of the bodies that I picked up, um, I did mainly like senior citizens, hospice, uh, hospital calls, 
people that were on like Lifeline and stuff. Um, I rarely did any one any bodies that had that were on like the crime scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I mainly did people that were over the age of like 40, 15, 60. In a span in a span of a week, how much bodies do you think that you're picking up, you're transporting? In a week? Yeah. Oh. That much. At least, at least that I can count. In are we talking about a five day period or seven? Uh, let's say, wow. Let's just stick to five days. Let's make it a little short. Five days, Monday to five Friday. Probably. About 80 to 90 bodies. What? That many yeah. That many people are dying? Oh, man. It's like what what people don't uh, like understand about death. Like death is every single every single day. There's 110 to 112 people that die every single day here in Nevada. Mm. Scientifically proven, if people want to pull out the facts, it's... Well, I, yeah, well, you see, I'm, I am looking at it from a perspective of, you know, of a person who's not thinking about debt every day, right? Right. And most people don't. We go through our, our daily activity, our daily lives, not thinking that, you know, debt is happening every second, every minute, every hour of the day. Right. Um, so you say eight bodies, you're like, well, what? That's a lot. You know, it might be even more. Oh, so yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what that's why I was asking. Now I want to play a video for you, and this is yeah. a video from that I took for your page, and I want to talk to you about this video. Um, I think you talked about a young boy, but let me play you the video. I'll come back and I'll talk to you about it. Okay. This body here was a 13-year-old boy. Parents found him in his room of overdose on fentanyl. That drug is killing kids by the dozen. Rest in paradise, baby boy. Okay, so here you are uh, going through the process of this body here that's on the gurney. Um, Is this a usual thing for you? Yeah, so this body here uh, was a 13 year No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 you're fine. Uh, Pretty much what you see there is um, I just came inside of the cremation, uh, the crematorium, and I got the body from the van, put the body onto the gurney. I mean, the actual metal gurney. And then from there, then I take the metal gurney, go put the body inside of the cooler. Um, But that's pretty much the process with probably 100, if not like 99.9. Gotcha. Now, I saw you in the news and you said, when you describe the incidents or describe the bodies and these, these individuals, are, how accurate are the stories about what you're saying? 80% of them are false. Um, I wouldn't put in the real death because one, again, then that would be going against HIPAA. Um, and I wouldn't want people to put two and two together. Like, okay, he just did this. This patient died from, I don't know, um, HIV. But my cousin just died from HIV two weeks ago. Wait. I know that background. Whoa, hold on. Is that 
then there goes a whole other part, then a whole other case, then they go this and this and this. So okay, eighty percent of the videos are actually false, but the way that they die or pass, that's false. But the actual video itself is real. Okay, so when you I don't know if you answer this question fully, but when you you're doing these videos, mm -hmm. you did take into account privacy laws, right? Your yeah. friends HIPAA. Uh, and you were very, you're thinking in respect to family members who may see these videos. So you're very mindful of that. Okay. Yeah. Now the videos are real. Okay. They might, they might or may not be a body in those bags. I, I don't know. Um, there's no way to, I can't say there was really a body in there. So right. if someone die on the street and I videotape it, no one's going to get upset. I'm not violating anyone's privacy. Okay. Right. So I want to get to the point why they made such a big deal. If you took the steps to protect someone's identity, whoever that identity may be, why were they so up in arms about what you did? Because you're I've you're just narrating or just giving an account of what what you're doing on your daily job. People do it all the time. Is it because right. of a body? What do you think it is? One, I just think because it's one, it's never it's never been on TikTok. The specific thing that I've actually been doing and the actual videos and stuff, um, I just feel like because it's the first time and it's a. Uh, and it's new to probably 99.9% .9 of the human beings on this earth. I think they're just like, they're shocked, like, oh, wow. Um, one, and then two, I think race plays a big factor in this. Um, I just feel like if I was another race um, or if I was Caucasian, I have nothing against Caucasian at all. My, my kids are white as well, but I feel like if I was Caucasian and I did that, I wouldn't have gotten that much of backlash. But because well, I want to, I want to, I want to touch on that a, a moment because what you've done is not unique. It's been done in documentaries. People have recorded in mortuary uh, the process of you know cremating and um, and bombing. People have done that in the past. Right. And I don't believe there were any um, any privacy concern in regards to doing that because th they are just documented what has transpired without identifying who that person is. Right. So I was very I was very surprised that they took that position, not even uh, uh, firing you, not even saying, OK, well, listen, let's talk to him. Did he violate it? the policy did you violate any policy no because you didn't sign any agreement in regards to specifically not uh, documented or narrating your daily activity people do it all the time on social media okay race might play a little we don't know how much race play and it being deceased bodies okay we get it people might be uncomfortable but you didn't do anything wrong though Right. So I, so specifically let's race has a big factor. Let's okay. put two and two together. I'm uh -huh. 26. I go to like the gym. I'm a brown skinned black African American man. Mm -hmm. But now if Johnny over here, that's Caucasian or another race did it, he would not have had the backlash, but 
because I know there probably has just how like you said, I may I may be wrong. I, there's probably other people that have done what I've done, but I think because my videos have one went viral and two, they probably seen like, okay, he's an African American male, he's he's young and he's just doing it wrong. Um, I just feel like it would not have been that much of a backlash than if I was another like race. Okay. Uh what are the what are the rules or policy in terminating someone is there was there a grace period for you to to be on that job did you have a grace period like a probational period yeah so i only had well really it was only like so one of their vans um was down and i had to ride with um the owner of the transfer company for like a few days so he can show me how to do it and then after um, I just, he, he gave me like a van that came out of like the shop and then I just started by, by myself. And then Got I you. Locked on. No, but what I'm saying is what you did on TikTok, there is no policy or no rules. You didn't sign any agreement that you wouldn't document your daily activity at work. So right. uh, I don't know what the, you know, the employment laws are in Nevada. Uh, so I'm asking you, oh, did you, wait. did you have a grace period or a probational period while, when you took that job? So, okay, six months, you can't have any write-ups or anything um, like that, or 90 days or something like that. No. Um, but here in Nevada, uh, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's a right to work state. So, oh, they gotcha. So, gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, I was upset, but again, that was my second job. So, I mean, that wasn't my bread and butter, but just this whole situation, I don't know, it's just a, it's very odd. Okay. Now, I want to play another video for you because in that video, let me play, let me play the video for you. I will come back and we'll talk. Let me play this video for you. Why is the body curled up? Rigor mortis occurs because of a chemical change in muscles after death. When a person is alive, their muscles contract to complete physical actions, like walking and talking. These contractions are the result of an exchange of chemicals. Okay. Uh, I would assume it, that that's because of your, your medical background. So when you're doing these videos for TikTok, one, you're also sharing information as to why you know, a deceased body may look or uh, the changes in that body once a person right. deceased. So this is not just this. This was more of an information to inform the public, right? Or educational purposes. Right. Yes. So didn't they didn't see the value in what you were doing? <laughs> Man, I wish I wish like I knew, bro. Um, I just thought what I what I was doing, I thought I was raising awareness um i have more don't get me wrong it's there's ne there's the negative part but there's the positive i have more supporters than anything 100 percent. got you got you but it just i've had certain emails certain phone calls certain like dms talking about oh well what you're doing is wrong but then i've had i've had people 
even DM me saying, I do appreciate this. My mom and my pops passed and I never knew about the cremation process and I was really hurting and hurting and you really helped me. And because of you now I'm going to a mortician school or now I want to join the funeral business because you helped me through this and I do thank you. So, I mean, once once I was getting those those emails and those messages, I just kept on posting because I knew that I wasn't doing nothing wrong. Now, of course, it it would make some people mad, but I outweigh the good and like the bad. And and what I said in the beginning when we started having this conversation, you transported the body from point A to point B. Yep. No one has made any claim, and I want to make that very clear, that you have mishandled the body during your course of work. No one said no. that. No. So they're check. upset. They're, they're like, upset. Like, check any one of my videos. Check any one of my videos. You can scroll up and down. Right. And I was even going live. Now, right. one time can you see that, see me trying to roll out the body too hard or doing some weird weird stuff i always treated the bodies as if they were like my own kin or my own family right i, I did notice that i did notice that one video oh. you posted you said um you talked about a 24 year old passing, uh -huh. and you being 26 and it said you made you look at life um, a yes. little bit different. Let me let me play that video for you, and I want to come back and talk about that a little bit because a lot of people think that they're going to be here forever. A lot of us. Right. So let me play that video for you. I want to get your thoughts on that. Okay. Can you believe me that a person can pass away with natural causes at the age of 24? I am 26, and that really makes me think about life. Rest easy, young buck. You are, you're 26 years old. Yep. Um, the spoiler part of life itself is that we're all going to die. Oh, 100%. Um, and many of us go through life not even thinking of that process. Some of us get to that gate sooner than others, but um, seeing all this dead body has it made you more closer with your family, more thoughtful? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, because I've... So there's two things. There's the first responder, mm -hmm. and then there's the last responder. Mm -hmm. I'm the last responder. So when I come into a house, come into a hospital, come into a room, come in, into a care home, and they see me with, like, the gurney, you know it's time. Um, and the amount of bodies that I've picked up, the amount of bodies that I've seen, um, the amount of death sheets that I've actually read, um, it just like you really start to you really start to appreciate life way more because like you see like the end of it, like once like you pass, that's it. Um, it just you you get that certain feeling. Um, that you want to do as much as like you can. You want to help as many people as you can. Um, just try to do the best. You said just now that um, when you come in with the gurney, 
people know that that it, it's time now uh, i've never been in a hospice and i'm assuming that they called you when this person's already passed on correct yes okay so now you're you get a call to go to a hospice or a hospital or wherever you're going to pick up the body now i can just imagine i'm trying to picture in my head you walking down the hall and people who have not been passed on that's you know they see you walking through the hall with the gurney um i can only imagine what they're thinking like tomorrow might be my day yes so i just it, it's a it's a depressing feeling it got, it's got to be right it is it just like i've had conversations with uh, people and like they're pretty much like i see what your job is like your job is more than just a job um you really have to spend time live like the best life that like you can do, do as much as you can because just how the saying goes yolo you only live once and that's legit you mm -hmm. only live once let's so i just whenever i going into like a house or a hospital i just try to do the best that i can and then i i just try to go and get go and get the body and then leave as fast as i can because i don't like to be in there when the family's there then i see kids and i see the mom crying the dad crying oh that was that was like my mom i'm crying 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 then it just like you you but start you're, to, but you're dealing with yeah you have a job but also you have to juggle your emotion as well oh, because um you have all these other emotions happening while you're in the process of doing your job right so i that's why it just can i, I can only imagine now you said you work in the medical field at a at a, a hospital or a hospice right hospice uh like house so right caring I, for they, elderly like, yeah now have you I, i'm sure that you speak to people and i don't want to get into the detailed conversation what you talk with with patients but having those intimate conversation and i mean i guess when a person is at a hospital at where you're caring for them they're at the point where uh, they have some have agreed or you know come to the reservation that their 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 time here is limited okay yep. how do you not what they say but how do you deal with that of they're sharing their last thoughts with you because sometimes you're because sometimes you're the last face they see the, some right. of the last conversation they're talking to you because you are there you're spending more time with them that they're spending with their family right i just like that's actually a good question um i got so, tons of i got tons of good questions let me just pat so, myself on the back <laughs> i got you bro <laughs> thank, thank um, you thank you i just well one hospice meaning as in you have a certain time appeared until your time has uh, come and i've actually talked with with people um there has been times where i can't really say too much but all that i can say specifically with that is i've talked with people for about a week and we say that okay she or he has a week to live but if i keep on talking to her 
she's been strong and strong and strong. And then she'll last for a month. Then when we have that, have like that last conversation, then I really have to tell her if, if I know she's in pain, I can really be like, you can relax now. You can relax. And then she'll like relax and then she'll just go. It just, you oof, like, This job isn't for everyone. Um, you have to be strong on that. Um, if if you can't see dead cats up on the ground or outside or dead dogs or dead animals outside and you wanna get into this type of a job, you won't last. Or if you don't like how a body looks when the body passes, you won't last. Um, this is just for someone that, that has a strong spirit. Um, but also you have to have, I mean, debt is very uncomfortable. It is. Right? So, and the reason why I asked that question, forget about the mortuary and transport and the body in your day-to-day -day activity, right? You right. are having conversation, conversation that, and then you have, and you still have to juggle your emotion, right? So, like, so that a one conversation that you have with that patient before that patient passes that that can make or break that patient's uh, time. Right. Um, I, whenever I know that this patient has a certain time to like live, I try to be as calm and, and as collective as I can because gotcha. I know like gotcha. okay, this this person has this amount of time, so I want to make sure her last time on earth is uh, spent well and we can laugh. I can try to make make her laugh, get her her favorite food, just just to try to make everything a little bit uh, better. More comfortable for them, got you. Yeah. Got you. Well, let me say this. Uh, uh, Kamar Daniels, um, I think you're doing a great job. Right? Thank you. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you so much. Uh, because it, granted, that's very uncomfortable. But right. when a person has reached that last point of moving on, a kind, a kind voice is what they need, right? right. Regardless of what they did in their life, I think it's, that's the time to be, to have some compassion for that individual. And I think you've done a great job regardless of what happened. You know, I think you, you shouldn't have lost your job. Maybe if they wanted to talk to you and say, Hey, listen, uh, just pull back from social media that would have been I, fine I, look i was just i just thought that but you know um when the devil closes one door god will open up 12 more doors so. absolutely absolutely so you, you you've done it you've done a great thing I, I i like what you're doing in your nine to five year bread and butter i like i like what you're doing you know, you. you're a very great guy. Very, I appreciate you taking the time coming in here, chatting, explaining yourself. Um, I would love for you to come back uh, and do a follow up, see how things are going with you. And um, you're more than welcome to come back here in the, uh, the Thank you so much. show. Kamar Daniels, you can find him on TikTok and you can find him on Instagram. We will put a link to where you can find him. And sir, I wish you all the best. 
And as I said again, I appreciate you coming on and you're more than welcome to come back. Thank you so much. All right. You take care, sir. All right. All right.